by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Because it's a seed. The Word of God is a seed that's planted into your heart. And once that seed gets into your heart, you got to water it. And, and you, the Word of God is that seed, and you see it, and you say, okay, come on in, get down in there and get planted, and don't dig it up. You see, the devil's like, he, did God really say? That's what he's trying to, did God really say? Well, look at the circumstances. I don't see it, I don't see it producing no fruit in your life. Well, give it time, devil, because the Word of God shall never return void, but it shall accomplish what my father sent it to do. See, that's the way you talk to the devil. You just tell him what the word of God said. You know, a good man may fall down seven times, but he gets back up. When you are going through trials and tribulations and, and the waves are hitting, that's when, that's when you know that you must be doing something right. That's when you know that you must be making an impact because the devil is in a tizzy. You remember back when you was in the world, you could make all kind of dumb decisions. It seemed like nothing ever happened. You was bulletproof. You weren't even on the devil's radar. He didn't care. The only, the only thing was coming against you was the wages of your own sin. And now you seem like you're doing right and you seem like you have more heartache than you had before. Oh, this light affliction is just but for a moment. It works for you a far greater weight of glory in the life to come. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about this light affliction they call life. It's only for 70, 80, 90 years, you know. It's not, it's not that bad. It does. It comes to all of us. It comes to all of us. Life comes at you fast. Who, was, who gave that commercial? And you're not yourself when you don't eat a Snickers, Daniel. Here, let me give you one out of the box. Allstate, life comes at you fast. They said a mouthful right there. But Jesus said, I am the life. And the way and the truth. Jesus is the life. And you know, he just left us down here to uh, practice up, whooping on the devil. We ain't going to get a chance once we get to heaven. So he wanted to give us a little experience at it. So we'd know what he went through. He came down here to know what we went through didn't he? He came down here to find out what we face. He was in all points tempted as we are, but yet without sin. He knew. He, he experienced. And if you want a role model, you keep coming to that cross. Because there you see a man up there paying for a sin he didn't commit. <laughs> what did Jesus do? How did he overcome? He lived a rough life. He knows what a rough life is like. He knows what it is to face opposition, to face people that are saying all manner of evil against you when you don't deserve it. He knows what it's like to be talked about, to be stabbed in the back by his 
one of his closest friends. And all the weight of everybody else's sins dumped on him. Sometimes we feel like some of the things we're experiencing ain't my fault. You know, it's, it's my husband or it's my wife or it's my children that's causing me all this grief. And we feel like, well, I don't, I don't deserve this. Then we've got to look to the cross. Jesus didn't deserve any of that. We look to the cross and we see Jesus saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We learn how to forgive. We learn how to let it go. You know, that's maybe what some of us need to do here tonight is let something go, whether it's is unforgiveness in your heart, there's bitterness, there's anger towards something in the past. Those kind of things, they pile up. The past can be your worst enemy. Jesus, right off the bat, the first thing he said, right after they, they nailed him to the cross was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He just wanted to go ahead and get it out there because he was probably like, what? But he, he went ahead and made it plain. I'm not holding it against them. You see, they don't know what they're doing. Jesus knew them Roman soldiers that were nailing him to the cross. They didn't know what they were doing. I know people that say, yeah, but I can't let it go. I can't forgive. Because, man, you don't know what they did. And they're mean people, and they don't care. And then they just begin to launch into what terrible character these people have. And it's true. But the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, and wicked spirits, and rulers of the darkness. You see, there's a force driving those people. And that same force used to drive you. And you used to be a sinner. And you used to be all self-absorbed. And you used to only think about yourself. And you used to use other people as a stepping stone or, or lay your blame on them and, and your burdens on them. And there were people probably looking at you <laughs> the same way you're looking at somebody else right now. And that's why Jesus gave us the parable where he said he gave he said there was this king, and this one guy owed him what amounted to millions of dollars. And so the king had him brought in and said, okay, I'm, I'm going to sell you and your, your family in, this, in the debtor's prison until you pay back what you owe me. And he begged the king, and he said, no, please, king, please, have mercy on me. I, I'll pay you back everything I owe. Just give me a little more time. And so the king had compassion on him. He said, I'm going to let it go. Not only am I going to, you know, give you more time, I'm just going to erase your million-dollar debt. Unheard of. Wow. <laughs> how would you like your million-dollar debt erased? How, how would you like somebody to come in and say, you know, you're three months behind on your car note, but we're just going to give you the car. You know that house note you owe $174,000 left on? You're, you're behind on it? But we just in a good mood, and we're just going to, here's the deed. Wow. But it says that same guy that was forgiven the millions of dollars, 
went out and took a, a guy by the scruff of the neck that he only owed, owed him $40 and said, pay me now or I'm going to throw you into prison. And the guy said, said the same thing. He said, I, I don't have it right now, but I promise I'm going to get it. You just give me a little bit more time and I'll get you that $40. And he would not have compassion on his fellow man. And he had him thrown into debtor's prison. Well, some people saw that. And they, isn't that the guy that the king just forgave a million dollars? And they went and told the king. Guess what happened? The king said, bring him here. Didn't I forgive you millions of dollars? Could you not forgive your buddy that owed you like 40 bucks? Give him his part with the unbeliever. Throw him out there where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus says, if you won't forgive others their sins, the Father in heaven won't forgive you of your sins. That's pretty serious business. That's how serious God takes forgiveness. And so when you catch yourself pulling that big bag of the past along behind you and heaping on things on your shoulders as you watch the people that's doing you wrong these days, and you find yourself an emotional bag lady or a bag man that, that's being weighed down and can't run your race. Because if you're going to run a race from God, you know, have you ever seen a runner? They got them little skinny pants on. Swimmers, they shave all the hair off their body to stop the friction. I mean, they take racing, racing very seriously. Very seriously. No, they don't want any. They'll probably shave their eyebrows off or something. Put their head, uh, cap on their head. They won't aerodynamics because they understand that they're running to win a prize and so are we but yet we want to drag around all this past and all these hurts and all these cares and sometimes we just get tired we get physically tired we work in double shifts. We got so many people pulling at us. What do you do? What do you do when it's like you're in the middle of a hurricane? It's beating you from this side. Then you get a little moment in the eye, and then it's beating you from the other side. And here it comes again. give you five steps to mental happiness or no as Christians all we can do keep coming to the cross keep pulling from our source keep going to the well he's the one he's the only one Paul said this one thing I do I forget the past I gotta let it go I'm not dragging it up anymore. I'm not. Do you find yourself dragging up the past? If our God can say he cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness and remembers them no more, why are we remembering our sin and everybody else's? Why are we dragging yesterday into today? Why are we driving the car looking in the rearview mirror? Hitting ditch after ditch, bump after bump, guardrail over to the, the cliff, 
all because we're dragging the past. And Paul says, this one thing I do, I forget those things that be behind me. And if you do that every morning, get up and say, yesterday was a rough day, but I'm not thinking about that because God's mercy is new every day. And it's a brand new day. Sorrow may come for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And here it comes again. A new opportunity. If God gives you a new sunrise every day, won't you give somebody else a break? And let go of their storms in the past. Won't you forgive everybody and lighten your load a little bit? That's what we need to do. And sometimes it's not that we mean to. We're not trying to hurt everybody. We're not trying to remember everybody's stuff. We're not trying to... Sometimes we're just thinking about our own stuff, and that's enough to weigh us down. But you've got to consciously cast off. You've got to make the firm decisions to let go. You've got to remember that it's, not, it's too big for you to bear. Jesus could bear the sins of the whole world. You can't. Cast off your anxieties, your worries. Say, hey, I'm going to walk in faith. I just, just have enough sense to believe the Bible. And that he that started a good work in me will finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. I just got enough sense to say, hey, I believe what I say I believe. What we read in the Word of God is the truth. And so, I'm going to let the past be the past. I'm going to press forward towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm going to press forward no matter what the, the resistance, no matter what's pulling at me and tugging at me, I'm going to press forward because you know what? There's no neutral here on this earth. You know what? This earth is groaning with birth pains, the Bible says, from the sin. Everything around us is deteriorating. Our outward man perisheth, but our inner man should be renewed day by day. All things are, are going backwards. Because of sin, they're deteriorating. You can't sit still in the body of Christ and think I'm okay. That's why you have the church in such array here in America. Because they, they built these big monuments and these big buildings and these big steeples and all this stuff and said, man, we've, got, we've, we've filled up many barns and we can rest and relax now. Because everybody was a Christian back in the 60s and the 70s. Everybody went to church. But we found that not many of them was Christians, like me and you, that really loved him. And we see today well, we see today say anything beyond that we see what what's happened today we have to be 
You know how I got saved? I looked in the face of people just like you at this church 19 years ago. Exactly what I did. I had been Catholic. I had been, I had been religious. I had went to Baptist churches. I had been to a lot of different denominations and tried churches, and, and I had seen a lot of people show up at church. I had seen those big buildings. I had seen, the, I'd heard the fancy preaching, and I had seen a lot of stuff. But it was at this church I saw something different. It was people who really believed what they said they believed. It was people who had a real relationship with Jesus. Not just a hallelujah, amen, brother, preach it. But a heart that, that went ding, ding, ding every time the cross was mentioned, every time the blood of Jesus was mentioned, every time repentance and faith and holiness and the things of God, the fear of God was mentioned. It excited them. It didn't send them away. We have churches heaping just, I mean, thousands, going from 50 people in somebody's house to thousands. And they're teaching self-help messages. That's all they're doing, telling you 10 steps to be a better person. They won't mention the blood. They won't mention God said be holy. There's a price to pay. You know, I could be saying this message in some churches, and they'd be saying, that guy's he's kind of out there. He's, he's too extreme. But when I say that around you, you guys are, yeah, yeah. That's who we are. We're the real deal. We are not pretenders. That's who we are. That's how we walk. That's how it's going to be. And so we get here and we meet together on Wednesday nights and we encourage one another so much more as we see that day approaching because we believe that day is approaching. We believe he has come down from heaven with the shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and that the dead in Christ shall rise first and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds that so shall we ever be with the Lord. We believe that. There's a rapture coming. Some people say, well, I want to go in that first bunch. The first bunch is the dead. I want to go in the second bunch. Am I telling the truth? I want to live long on the earth. And I really don't care nothing about living long on the earth except that I may be a blessing to Jesus. Because for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. If I was to go and if God said it was my time, I'm not arguing. Let's go. But until then, I have a sense of purpose and destiny that's ringing in my heart. Something in me that's leading me on to great things. And it's all, only Christ in me. It's just him in me, stirring me, giving me passion and love for the lost and for the deeper things of God, 
deep calls into the deep. He's showing you things that he ain't showing those others at those big churches that are just playing games. I'm not saying all churches that are big or bad or anything like that. You know, I'm just throwing out generalities, generalities. Something. I'm throwing out something. We ain't sure what it is yet. <laughs> throwing out a lot of stuff. But where are we going with this? I'm going to tell you now, I don't know where we're going with this, but I want you to know, when God sees a group of people that take him seriously, take his word seriously, not perfect people, <laughs> I, I'm so far from perfect, I, and, I, and I know there's nobody in here perfect. And I know you beat yourself up. And I beat myself up sometimes. I, like I said, I, I came from a, a church that, you know, you had to, to tell a man your sins, and then he had to tell you how many prayers to go pray before you could be forgiven. And so I learned to bargain with God early on. That was my relationship. That's what I, I didn't know him, but I knew that if I wanted my way, I needed to do something good. And if I didn't want him to smack me, I needed to, do, I needed to stop doing things bad. And that was the only thing I knew about God. But now I know something different. I know the person of Jesus. That's the best part. It's nothing like the person of Jesus. It's all the benefits of Christ, the covenant. You know, he, he became a curse for us so that we wouldn't have to endure the curse. He, all the, those promises precious promises of healing and prosperity and blessing and joy and peace, all those things, they're really nice. They're really nice. I didn't have any of that before, and I really enjoy all those things. But I'm going to tell you, it's in the quiet. It's in the quiet and still when I hear his voice and I'm meditating on him. When I hear him say, that's good, well done. When I think about what he's done for me and all the things that he endured so that I could be free, to know him, the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, to be involved. You see, yeah, this life is tough. Yeah, he talked about that. It's tough on all of us, but it's just the fellowship of his sufferings. See, nothing that we do, nothing that we endure, nothing that we go through is, as Christians in the service of the Lord is in vain. We're taking up our cross and we're following him into battle. And so if we suffer, we suffer for Christ. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to all that believe. 
I said, where, where shall we go? He has the words of eternal life. And we're living in a generation, in a world, where you can go to any mall, any strip mall, any Walmart. 99% of the people, if they knew enough to know better, they would look at you and say, you have the words of eternal life that I need. We are carriers of the words of eternal life. And so, I'm pushy as a preacher. Sometimes I'm I may seem unreasonable. I never let up. You just want to catch your breath sometimes, let somebody else preach. You know, if I wanted to grow a big church, I'd just give you a lot of good, feel-good messages. But woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. Woe unto me. My life means nothing to me if I don't preach the true gospel of Jesus Christ. It means nothing to me. I would rather die than to find out that I lived and compromised the truth the word of God. So may, if I do, I can promise you it ain't on purpose. If I make mistakes, yeah, I do all those things. We all do. But our heart is ever correcting itself because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit leading and guiding us into all truth, telling us everything that the Father said unto us, making sure that we stay on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Because you carry his name. You bear the responsibility of being his child. Jesus said, it would be better for a man to never be born, to be to, to have a millstone hung around his neck and cast into the ocean than to cause one of my little ones to sin. We act like the Word of God, we, we, we act like we don't want to read certain scriptures in it. Because it, that's hard. Jesus said hard things. Jesus wouldn't have said hard things if he didn't care in a hard way about those lost people. He's so so serious about this end time harvest. If we had an iota of the importance God places on every second of your life, our lives would totally radically change right now. We're thinking, if I can just get past this year, then I might do this. If I had the finances, then I might give. If I had this, it, you know, if I learned more scriptures, then I might do Open your eyes and look around. The fields are white to harvest. Right now. Right now. And there's a 100% mortality rate right here in DeSoto County. People are dying by the dozens. 
not asking us to do. When I say that, then we, I, we begin to think, well, now he's laying something on me heavier than when I first got here. I came in with a whole lot of cares, and now he's really making me feel bad. How do you reconcile the importance of this life but yet the peace and the joy well the peace and the joy are found in being who you were created to be now all the friction comes because we're not being who we were created to be we're chasing all the wrong rainbows. We're making life about all the wrong things. It's not hard. Life should not be hard. As we make it, anyway. It's hard, but it's not as hard as we make it. So that's... The message tonight, that's all I had coming up here. I was going to watch a video, but I guess we ran past that. But uh, what's in my heart tonight was let's not stray very far from the cross. Let's just keep coming back. Just keep coming unto him. You see, Psalms 91 says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And if you're under his shadow, Jesus looked at Jerusalem. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've longed to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. That's where you want to be. You want to let him gather you. You don't want to stray. You don't want to run. You don't want to spend two days without prayer. You don't want to spend... Three days without reading your Bible. Give us this, our daily bread. Keep coming to Jesus. That is where the joy and the peace is found. That is where the victory is. Thanks be unto God which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's where it is. Who's made us more than overcomers in him who loved us. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Him. No peace, no joy, overwhelmed. Move back in Him. Man, I can be having the worst day ever. And I can just cut that TV off. Try to shut this mind off. Maybe just pray in the spirit. Pray in the understanding. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Making melody in my heart to the Lord. Whatsoever things are lovely and a good report. If there be any virtue, be any praise. Think on these things. Start to remember whose I am, who I belong to. Start to give thanks in all things. By prayer and supplication, make your requests made known unto God. Believe you receive and you shall have. 
Word of God just begins to, to lighten the load. The truth shall make you free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. And it's the truth that will make you free. So that Word, that Word, that Word of God, that truth, that truth. And you know what? It can be the truth, but you not receive it and not let it get planted. And you're planting a bunch of stuff. You want wheat, wheat to grow up in your heart, a bountiful crop, but you're planting tares. You're planting tares. You're planting the world's ways. And, and you can't understand why your heart is junky. And you're pulled in different directions. I've often said this. You can preach a million messages. You can start off talking about faith. You can start off talking about finances. You can talk about, about healing. You can talk about deliverance. You can talk about spiritual warfare. You can preach a message on anything that you can imagine. Anything. Whatever it is. It's all going to boil down. In the end, when it comes back, you watch my messages. They're all going to come back to Jesus and your relationship with him. Because that's the source of your victory in all things. You may get you can do all the right things and miss it by a mile. You can do all the wrong things but sit at his feet for a few moments. And the mercy of God will deliver you time and time again. for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.